You are listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. What can we do to lower our blood pressure and our cardiovascular risk? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Matthew Sorrentino, your host, and with me today is Dr. Nancy Cook. Dr. Cook is the Associate Professor of Medicine in Biostatistics at Harvard Medical School and the Associate Professor of Epidemiology at the Harvard School of Public Health. Dr. Cook and her colleagues have been involved in a number of studies looking at the long-term effects of dietary sodium on cardiovascular disease outcomes. And today we're going to talk to Dr. Cook about sodium, our diets, and how it affects blood pressure. Dr. Cook, welcome to the program. Thank you. There has been a lot of recommendations about how we should inform our patients about sodium and other dietary measures to try to help their cardiovascular risk. Let me just start by asking you, what is the average amount of sodium that patients in this country tend to consume, and how much higher is that than what would be recommended? Well, the amount, the average amount in the U.S. is probably about 3,500 milligrams of sodium. That translates into about 9 grams of salt, and the average excretion is about 155 or so. The recommended amount is really about 2,300 milligrams of sodium, or about roughly about 6 grams of salt. So we're basically, we should really reduce our amount of sodium by about a third. Now, you said the average amount is about 9 grams of sodium, uh, or sodium chloride, I guess, 9 grams of salt a, a day, and we should be having about 6. Where does that number come from? Why did uh, 6 grams come as the benchmark or the goal that we should try to reach? Well, I think that's probably based on blood pressure studies. It was developed by a government body looking at dietary guidelines. There have been some studies, such as the DASH trial, which was uh, a study that uh, I believe tried to manipulate the amount of salt that was in the diet. Is there any studies like DASH that uh, gave us some evidence that lowering sodium does have a beneficial effect on blood pressure? Right. DASH was a very well-controlled study. They actually gave people the foods to eat so they could carefully control the amount of sodium in the diet. And they had, besides the DASH diet, they had another factor, which was the amount of sodium. So they had three different sodium levels. One was about 150, uh, aiming for about 150 millimoles of, of sodium in the urine. Um, another one was 100, and one was 50. So that one with 150 basically corresponds to our usual sodium intake. That with 100, or the intermediate sodium level, corresponds to what the current recommendations are. And the low sodium uh, level corresponds more to what is recommended among hypertensives. They found that among those on either diet, either the DASH or the control diet, that changing the amount of sodium did change the blood pressure as well, with lower sodium leading to lower blood pressure. Now, the participants in the DASH diet were all hypertensive patients? No, they weren't. Some were hypertensive, some not. They all had uh, blood pressure above 120 over 80, though. I see. And so the patients who had the greatest response were the ones who had hypertension or was the response throughout the whole trial? Those with hypertension did have a slightly stronger response, but even those without hypertension saw blood pressure drop with lower sodium. Now, the patients who were in the DASH diet were given their food, so I presume that the uh, intervention was not just changing sodium, but they were given a very healthy, high-fiber type diet. Uh, so if we're going to manipulate sodium in a diet, should we then be recommending to patients a DASH-type diet approach where they also have to change their other nutrients as well to get the benefit? The DASH sodium trial considered two different diets. 
a control diet and the DASH diet. So the control diet was more like the usual diet. And it was a factorial design in that for each diet, people were assigned to the three different sodium levels. So there really were six intervention groups or six intervention conditions. And they found that within both diets, lowering the sodium would lower blood pressure. Now, the DASH diet as well had an independent effect. So eating more fruits and vegetables, low-fat dairy, etc., the common dietary recommendations also led to a sizable drop in blood pressure independent of the sodium. So it sounds like we do have information that sodium in and of itself has a direct effect on blood pressure, and certainly if you have a well-balanced diet, you get an even greater effect. But but sodium seems to be one of the major independent culprits that uh, does correlate with blood pressure. Right. It seems to be so. And the combination of the DASH diet with low sodium led to a, a pretty uh, sizable reduction in blood pressure. I know that many uh, patients seem to be very frustrated sometimes with diet. They try very hard to reduce sodium, and they don't see any appreciable change in, in their blood pressure. What was the average fall of blood pressure in the DASH diet or in the trials of hypertension prevention trials with losing about a third of your dietary intake of sodium? Well, in the DASH study, it's, uh, it's easier to see because we knew exactly what they were getting, exactly what they were eating. So in the DASH diet, going from the highest to the lowest was about, in the control diet, was a difference of 7 millimeters of mercury for systolic and 3.5 for, for diastolic. Among those in the DASH diet, it was a smaller effect, 3 over 2, but it was still quite a sizable effect. In the um, trial for hypertension prevention, we, we didn't control what they were eating quite as, as well. We were teaching them how to do it rather than actually giving them the food. So we didn't see as great a difference in the sodium and not as great a, a blood pressure effect. So it seems if we can uh, completely change our patient's diet but mm-hmm. by giving them everything, we're going to make <laughs> right. the changes, but that certainly is not right. very practical. Right. So let's go back uh, over the TOPE trial a little bit, the trials of hypertension prevention, because I find the design of this trial very intriguing. This was really nutritionists and dietitians speaking to patients and trying to change their lifestyle. Can you describe a little bit on how they tried to teach patients to change their lifestyle in this trial? Well, they had a series of sessions, group sessions, and and uh, individual sessions aimed at showing them how to reduce their sodium. They would go over the sodium content of foods. They'd show them how to go food shopping, look at the labels, how to modify their recipes to lower the sodium, and also how to select foods in restaurant and request lower sodium. They had food tastings. They gave them packages of foods to take home. They'd have field trips to restaurants and supermarkets. So it was really a fairly intensive intervention. That is something that would be hard to implement on on a population scale, but there actually is a better way of getting people to reduce sodium, and that's working with the food industry and lowering the content of sodium in processed foods. Are there other electrolytes that also have an effect on blood pressure, and if so, should we be counseling our patients to change those as well? Well, as part of the DASH diet, there are several nutrients that are improved, obviously, in fruits and vegetables. So it's thought that some other nutrients such as calcium and magnesium may have an impact on blood pressure as well. And there have been some effects seen, particularly among hypertensives. But as with sodium, when you look among normotensives, the effects seem to be much smaller. In TOPE 1, we actually did have some supplement interventions where we gave people magnesium and potassium and calcium in the forms of pills and also fish oil. But we didn't 
see any significant effects on blood pressure for those interventions. So the answer there is not clear. There may be an effect among hypertensives. It looks like it's smaller among normotensives. And it's unclear as yet what the long-term effects on cardiovascular disease would be for those. But we do know that in combination, a diet like the DASH diet, which um, contains more of the recommended amounts of, of these micronutrients as well, that that does serve to lower blood pressure. So there may be something to the effects of these as well. So when our patients ask us if we can take salt substitutes, which usually are potassium-type salts, um, can we at least tell our patients that it will have a neutral effect, but there's not evidence that it may have a positive blood pressure lowering effect? Well, there is thought that increasing potassium will lead to lower blood pressure. In fact, in, in TOPE and in the Intersalt study, it was sodium-potassium ratio that seemed to have a stronger effect on blood pressure itself. We don't yet know what the results of cardiovascular disease will be, but we hope to actually look at that later on in, in the TOPE studies. Now, the TOPE trials, which are the trials of hypertension prevention, these are trials that took patients who did not yet have hypertension but were in the what we now call pre-hypertension stage. A number of different interventions, as I understand, were recommended to the patients. Can you describe what some of the other interventions were uh, to try to lower blood pressure in terms of uh, weight and exercise and others in the, in the trials? In phase one, we tested seven different non-pharmacologic interventions. Sodium and weight loss, stress reduction were the three lifestyle interventions that we tested. And then supplement interventions included potassium, calcium, magnesium, and fish oil. The interventions with the strongest effects and really the only uh, statistically significant effects were weight loss, and sodium reduction. Um, weight actually had the largest impact on blood pressure change, and we found that those who lost weight and kept it off tended to have the longest blood pressure effect that was sustained the longest. And the other interventions, none of them were statistically significant. So it may be that among hypertensives, the effect uh, of those is smaller. And phase two of TOPE, or TOPE two, we tested sodium reduction and weight loss in effectorial design. So we did look at the effects of weight loss as well and found, again, that changes in weight did lead to changes in blood pressure. And that was a, a pretty strong effect. And it, the change in blood pressure tended to correspond pretty closely with the amount of weight lost over time. Is there a particular amount of weight that a patient has to achieve to notice a statistical fall in blood pressure? Well, you'd notice a fall. It's a, basically a linear effect with the change in weight. So no matter if you lose a little weight, you'll see a little change in blood pressure. It seems to go along with the amount of weight loss. As far as statistical significance, that would depend on the sample size. We're basically aiming for a 10-pound weight change to have a, a sizable effect on blood pressure, though. So as little as a 10-pound weight change, though, did bring about a fall in blood pressure, which in these studies was the most significant intervention that led to blood pressure fall? Right, that's right. I'm surprised that exercise didn't bring a fall well, in blood pressure. Well, that was part of the weight loss intervention. Um, they were losing weight both through exercise and diet. I see. So it's hard to separate right. what was Right, we really the... separate out the different effects of those. Was there any analysis looking at uh, if patients were able to keep the weight off that that also contributed, or were you only looking at the sodium aspect in the follow-up study? So far, we've just looked at sodium. We will be looking at weight loss in more detail. We did try to collect information on their weight following the trial, too, so we're definitely going to be taking a look at that more closely. What is the amount of sodium that we should be telling our patients to try to consume now? Should we go with the 
uh, national recommendation about 2,300 milligrams, or should we really be pushing it lower and lower? At this point, I'd probably go with the 2,300. Just getting down to that level would be helpful. Again, among those with hypertension, they do try to go lower. So it's really trying to teach patients to avoid the very high-sodium foods, but they can otherwise still eat a fairly normal diet? Right, and that would probably be easiest to achieve and would have the best desired effect. I want to thank Dr. Nancy Cook, who has been our guest, and we have been discussing the impact of sodium and sodium restriction on our patients and on their blood pressure. She recently has been the author of a study called The Long-Term Effects of Dietary Sodium Reduction on Cardiovascular Disease Outcomes. And it's really one of the first studies to show us that reducing sodium in the diet over a long period of time may help reduce cardiovascular risk. I am Dr. Matthew Sorrentino, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening.